Welcome to Clark Lane. I'm Mick Jones, director and cinematographer at Filthy Look Films, and this is a podcast where we talk about all things filmmaking. So we're doing something a little bit different today. Going to do recorded in a real environment. Uh, we're in Cuba. Cuba. <laughs> uh, we're in Coco Cubano Cafe in Crow's Nest in Sydney, and we just sort of wanted to um, have a bit of a, a review of good cinematography and good films that we've seen this year. So today we've got Simon Colloden, cinematographer. Hello. And Linda Orr, shooter, predator, editor, <laughs> cinematographer. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? Good. So this year um, I, I didn't see a whole lot of movies at, at the cinema, but I did see a few. And I, I've just sort of been really intrigued by the emergence of large format coming into cinema quite prominently now and, and into TV shows and stuff. And the thing for me when I look back at stuff that I've seen already this year, there's still things that are yet to come out before, just before the end of the year, but stuff that I've already seen. Yeah. The big standout for me cinematography-wise was Joker, yeah. Todd yes. Phillips' Joker. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. was the DOP on that. Yeah. And, like, that just... For me, that really took things to a just a whole level of what I really like appeals to me. Every element of it, you know, in conjunction with the production design of it, the performances, the locations, the overall tone of it, it just had this aesthetic to it, like a real nice texture to it. I thought the colours in it were amazing. Yeah, you were, I remember talking to you about it and you were saying it was like saturated yet muted. Mm. The yes. grey was really yes. nicely done. It was just really... So good. Like, there were really rich deep colours, but it wasn't oversaturated. It was really, it was, really uh, I feel like done. it was quite a colourful film, yeah, but yet but not, not colourful, yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> if that but makes strangely sense. muted. Like, yes. I, I, it was yeah. so nicely done and really the grade was subtle, yet it stood out as being really special. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so too. I loved the look of it. I thought it looked so amazing. And, and it was helped by it being a great film as well. Fantastic right. film, yeah. Um, and, and what's most, what's really inspiring about it is Lawrence Scher, the cinematographer, isn't known for doing. He isn't known for doing such films. Right. And um, what is he known for? He's known. Well, it seems that he's known for more comedy. Right. Which is the, the director Todd Phillips is as well. Right. Todd Phillips directed the Hangover series and a, and a number of. He, he directed Road Trip. Euro trip? No, road trip. Road anyway, trip. Road yeah. trip. And it's like he comes from a comedy background and Lauren Scher seems to come from a comedy feature film background as well. And I would love to have insight into any kind of battles that he may have faced in, 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 getting, getting, the in, job. in getting the job. Yeah. Obviously not from the director. No. But well, anyone, if, any, if there were any naysayers, because we all experience that, Naysayers 100%. who go, oh, you haven't done this, therefore you can't do that. Right, yeah. it's the most common thing, no matter which what department. Which, as cinematographers, as filmmakers, that's so frustrating. Mm. That is so frustrating. So, you know, I am. We, I'm, I'm really. Is this sounds really strange because I don't know Lon Sher, yeah. but I'm really proud of him for stepping out of 
Yeah. Or from what being people, typecast. For, for, for stepping out of being typecast and doing something different, because I love seeing people do something different and proving to people that they can do it well. Mm. And he did that, and he did it beautifully, and on like, that is a, uh, that's a real great thing he's done for filmmakers and cinematographers mm. to do suffer from being typecast. Yes. Which is almost everyone in almost some everyone. sense. Yeah. And, and, and Todd Phillips as well. Him as well. I'm proud yeah. of what he's done for us filmmakers for stepping out of that and doing something different. And I'm like, good on them for not only doing something different, but for doing something great that everyone's talking about and for proving themselves as versatile filmmakers. But it's really a, it's exciting. Just watch how many just watch how many movies come out in the next couple of years that will mimic that look. That look will, that the look, that the, the way that they've graded it, and it will inspire so many other productions that will yeah. just be like, oh my god, because it's, it's just gorgeous. So you know it was shot on the Alexa Mini LF. Ah, uh, no, the Alexa oh. LF, the Alexa and the LF, six, mostly sorry. the 65, I believe. Right. But a, bi okay. a bit of a bit of everything. But it, yeah. from what I heard, he said, in, on, and it was on the Go Creative podcast, or and, or, and another one. I heard bits of it. I still haven't heard the whole thing. So, shout out to the Go Creative show mm. as well. They've got an inter full interview with him, which I'm dying to hear. Yeah. But uh, I, I heard a soundbite from somewhere that said mostly shot it on the Alexa 65. And, but that Todd Phillips had originally wanted to shoot it on film, large format film. But those cameras and were tied up on Christopher Nolan and, and something else. In the Go Creative show, he did say that they didn't. The reason they didn't was production said we can't afford it. Oh right, yeah. Oh, okay. the, uh, yeah. To shoot for that film, to, was to, shoot, be a to thing. shoot film. Oh right, right. okay. Uh, they wanted to shoot film, um, and the producer he pretty much said on the Go Creative podcast, which is a great podcast, um, uh, he said that the producers pretty much um, took him into a room and, and slapped him on the. On the wrist and said, "Stop it!" <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Okay, his, his read, words, I, I believe. Mind, the um, thing I read um, was, was it an a article. Thing? Sorry. It was, was it a budgetary yes, thing? Yes. yes yeah. Okay. I, I, as a producer, I understand that. But, so it was shot spherical and large format uh, on the 65. Now I believe because the, the 65 has a bigger sensor, so the lenses need to throw it. But I think they were using the LF as well, which is smaller, but still huge. Sure, yeah. So he, uh, he cropped it in a little bit on the 65, I believe, so that it wasn't the full sensor width readout. Yes, they did. Right. Um, but it's, um, yeah, that, that, that has just sort of blown me away, and it's just really made me excited to, to get into and, and regularly shooting large format. I've always loved large format. We've talked about this on the podcast before. It's been the holy grail for me of, of, of versatile. I just love the images of it. No matter what shooting, I like to have that option to see what it what it uh, looks like, and just that that little bit of extra separation you can get on a, on a wider shot to just sort of lift them just off the background yeah. a bit. And I just like that aesthetic for me personally. Well, it's weird because for me, for my for my, my career started with the 5D Mark II. Mm -hmm. Right. It's a camera I first, my first camera I owned and still have it and don't use it anymore. But I started on full frame and then we all went down a size to 235, which is fine. Yeah. We're even smaller with like EX1s and yeah. other cameras. I mean, I kind of did start on the X one and Z1P, but when I started to get work, it was with the 5D. But 
So we kind of went backwards. We went to small sensors. Yeah. And now we're going. We're finally reaching, going back up to full frame. Did you nice. did you have you started out your first camera was the Canon or the Canon as well the XL the XL two so that's a it might have even been a third yeah maybe that yeah, was way before um, you could get digital Super Thirty Five right 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 but did you ever shoot on the five D no no seven D I shot on the seven D yeah. and then yes seven D sixty D actually sixty would have been the uh, first full frame camera that I really had a nice play with and more, more in photography actually yeah, yeah. Um, and you're talking you're talking about you know everyone getting into the um, large format sort of look and everything it, it is exciting because it's a it's a look that I'm not used to yeah, yeah. so it's it's gonna change the way I shoot. Um, immensely in how I look at things and how I... Yeah, you've got to think about lenses differently. Oh, yes, 100%. That's exciting. That's exciting. It's very exciting. Um, And, you know, the another large format film that came out that I saw this year was Downton Abbey, and I hadn't seen any of the TV series, but I thought I I was interested to see what the movie came out like. What kind of was that On the Venice, the Sony Venice, and uh, uh, Zeiss Supremes. So spherical, large format again. Um, what did you guys think of that film? I look. I come from. Uh, do you want to go first, Simon? Or I've got a lot to say. <laughs> so Linda's a big fan of the show. <laughs> yeah. But um, you, you I, okay. I, well, I, I'd never seen the show. Uh, I went to watch it with Linda because she wanted to see it, and I thought, oh yeah. I enjoyed it. It was, you know, it wasn't like a. To me, it wasn't a like a deeply moving or complex script or just a very simple easy kind of easy watch for me it was fine i enjoyed it i think it looked nice um Linda, did it away. feel like i guess from what, what my question to the people who don't watch the tv show did it feel like it was a like it had like remnants of tv to it i mean to me no, not really. No, okay. I think structurally okay. sometimes it did. Okay. I, I felt like... Oh, sorry, I'm just talking purely through the cinematography. Right, 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 right. Not, yeah. Some elements I did feel had a tinge of a, a televisual yeah. style to it to yes. me. But, um, you know, not... not. Uh, I mean, that's kind of... That's where it was born out of. So I assume yes. that they want to maintain some sort of consistency. But having not seen the show, I don't know. I did... None of the cinematographers from the show, the guy who shot it, didn't work on the show apparently. Right. Oh, yes, really? That's, that's, yeah, that's which correct. was um, yeah. Ben's. Uh, so he never worked on the show? So none of the cinematographers yeah. on the show shot the movie? That's right, yeah. So that would be a. Um, so I'll say they that. They probably that said, was... oh, you, you know, again, but probably typecast all the cinematographers that shot the show. But you shot a TV show, you couldn't possibly shoot a movie. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Maybe. You never know. You know what I mean? Like, you never know. Um, but that, that's probably my criticism of the film, coming from someone who is absolutely in awe of the show. I absolutely love it. I love how it's written. I, I'm such a big fan of period drama, so that's always been... So, for me, Downton Abbey is, is, is one of the... the one of my my top favourite TV shows yeah. of all time. And for me, having a film come out, I was so excited. So it's just, just like Christmas for me. Ben, um, ben Smith art was the cinematographer, right. but yeah, carry on. Um, 
And so when it was announced that they were making a film after they had finished six seasons of, of the show, uh, it was after quite, quite, you know, I think it was two years or something when the show had, had finished, it was quite exciting. But then when the trailer came out, I, I kind of, I, I wasn't a fan, I've got to say it. I was just, yeah, I was a little bit, I just wasn't sure about the storyline. Um, I think the whole remnants of, remnants of the of it looking a bit more TV, I think, um, showed in the trailer for me as well. Um, and I, I, I guess for me, I wanted it a different experience. I wanted a film experience of right, Downton right. Abbey and not a TV version right. seen on seen in cinema. Yeah, I guess yeah. is is my point. For me, as a, as a contrast for Joker, that have bo having both, I was kind of surprised to find out that it was a large format. Acquisition. On Downton Abbey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, the, on the Venice. I, yeah. I, I felt like some, sometimes when I see a large format, I feel like it's really obviously go, wow, I can see what's going on here with mm. the, the way they've used the frame and the depth. Uh, Rogue One would be another one that just blew me away in terms of that large format look. Um, but I didn't feel like I, the, that Downton, the look of Downton Abbey was, it didn't spring out obvious to me that it was on a large format. Is that the depth of field? Maybe it is. Maybe it is the depth of field on the I mean, there are so many large format films that don't, they, they'll shoot at F8 or Revenant or probably Roger Deakins' new film, um, 1917, yeah. I would say he generally shoots at like F8 or something. F4 to F8, I guess, but, you know. Um, but that's also... Uh, from what I've seen of it, very much uh, you're looking into the distance. You want yeah. to see the, yeah, sure. you want to see the depth. There's yeah. a lot going on in those mm. some of those frames, and uh, you know, yeah, that's another another large format film coming out. I think we, we, we're, we're, you know, I read an article just today about the just the proliferation of large format now, and it's going to become a new standard. And, and it was, uh, I saw some stuff Greg Fraser talking about it because he was the one of the first people to use the ARRI digital large format for, for Rogue One. And he sort of encouraged people to get get in using it on it, on using that format on anything. It's not reserved for any one thing, which a few only a few years ago it was sort of talked about like IMAX and spectacle type things need large format for big, but, it, but there's also a you know, a, a quality to the way that the, uh, the the frame takes your interest by being on that format yeah, and how I much mean, of it you see and how much is in focus and distortion on close-ups and stuff is yeah. a very big thing. You're not going to get as much distortion as when you've got an 18mm close-up shooting close-up on a Super 35 as you do with a 35 or a 40mm on a large format. You can get a, a nice, no face distortion, you get a wide close-up yeah. on someone well my, one of my speaking of that the, the very idea of that the large format's not reserved for big budget spectacles um my favorite film of the year is a film is a i've mentioned it before a south korean film called parasite which was shot i've heard so many good things which about i just film. highly recommend it that I, I would say don't watch the trailer okay especially the latest trailer just go in blind. That's how I went in. I didn't know anything about it. Right. It is a foreign wow. language film. Yeah. Um, if you're okay with that, I just—it's the best film I've seen all year. I hope it gets nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. Right. Like best Picture, not Best Foreign Language. It will win Best Foreign Language, but I hope it gets nominated for Best Picture. Confident. Confident. Yeah, so confident about this that. must be good. Um, it's one is of it the most. Is it in cinemas at the moment? No, still? It's, it's probably gone. It's it was gone in now. for a while, but um, it's one of the most amazing films I've seen. Um, yeah. Right. And it was shot in the uh, Alexa 65, and it's a it's a drama. Well, is it a drama? Is it a comedy? 
Actually, I don't know what it is. You have to see. Are you letting too much out of the bag? Yeah. It's, well, it's not really. I mean, it's a bit of everything, really. And it looks, it looks phenomenal. It looks okay. a, a beautiful looking film. Yeah. Um, good story, good. Well, yeah. Just good, good everything. Yeah. I was kind of blown away by this film. So I, How does I'm that? Just, I'm just recommending to, it to everyone. How does it compare to Joker? They're just such different films. Okay. Um, with Joker, I went in with expectations through the roof. Yeah, right. Like, the most, for me, on my radar, it was the most um, uh, hyped. hyped film of the year. Yeah. Um, There's, and Joker has, again, sparked the conversation about this, but a few other films have sort of come out and are on the cards that are being referenced as kind of a throwback in style mm. to an older style, like right. a, a 19, more 1970s kind of yeah. style. Right. Uh, obviously, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which yeah. is another one I wanted to talk about. Mm. Joker. There's a new uh, one coming out with... Um, uh, the Lighthouse? The Lighthouse. Right, yeah. That's interesting. That, look, no, that looks really interesting. Like, yeah, this, is, this is a real throwback in style. Yeah. It's film noir. I think it might, it's black and white. It's black and white. I, I believe... Yeah, so they, they, I believe they used really... Not only really old lenses, but really old cameras. Yeah. Film cameras. If, I could be mistaken. I haven't looked completely into it. But I've seen, you've seen the trailer, obviously. Yeah, that's, yeah. Like, they've used really old, really old technology old cameras, I don't know what kind of film they used. It's, it's exciting to see stuff mm. that's coming, you know, it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but yeah. to see stuff that's going to get a fairly, a fairly sort of wide yeah. release, yeah, have yeah. these influences that are a bit of a, you know, we, we've, had a, we, we've had a real, and there's been a lot of criticism of who Scorsese are talking about, yeah. Marvel films and stuff like that, yeah. which, you know, they're not always my cup of tea. I really yeah. like some of them, really. Yeah, yeah. They blow me away. But, but, but I like having variety. Sure. And, and, and people having this kind of different um, artistic expression in the cinematography and in the structure of the films. Yeah, yeah. And, and the pacing and everything. I found the pacing of the Joker movie more like um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood had a slower pace and these yeah. character pieces that really, in some, they draw you in. Well, that's that's the interesting thing about, you know, three films that come to mind. Uh, very, these are big Hollywood films that have been really popular with audiences and that's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Joker, and Ad Astra. Right, well, I have seen that. Now, Ad Astra and The Joker, to me, are they're such big, successful films, but they both feel like indie yeah, yeah. indie films in, in, in terms yeah. of their, their story and their tone mm. and their, you know, like people are going to Ad Astra and they're being disappointed because it's not an action film. Right. And they I, think it's going to be like Gravity or it's, something. It's not. It's a, it's a, not it's a, it's a character piece. Well, gravity does have a lot of action, like a lot of explosions it, it, yeah, and things, like and it is a character piece as well. You're out of breath at the start of that. Yeah, but um, Ad Astra is a slow, slow-burning character piece, right. and I there was some there's some criticism about it. I personally absolutely love that film. Hoyter Van Hoytema shot it. Who yeah, yeah. is one of my favourite cinematographers. He's shot um, Interstellar and Dunkirk and Her and love um, love the those. fighter. And oh yeah, that's great. Too. Tinker Tailor Sol. I could go on. Oh yeah, he's yeah, such a great realize. cinematographer. He's, he's what a legend. Plus he shot the awesome HomePod Apple HomePod commercial. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. The Spike Jones. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's just he's one of my favourites. So um, yeah, the, 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 this film itself was 
I thought it was brilliant. Is it a large it's format a, film as well? He's no stranger to the IMAX. Is it a large format film? It's shot on film. Uh, is it large format? I don't think so. Because Dunkirk was. Dunkirk was. Most Nolan stuff is yeah. nowadays. Um, Interstellar was. Interstellar, yeah. Also, we've spoken about this. With big films in cinemas, they always frame a certain way, don't they? Yes. Like, they generally yeah. frame quite... Like, a close-up is maybe a bit, wider than... A bit wider. That's right, yeah. yes. You know, um, and at Astra has so many close-ups right in on our face. Right. Very close on the face. And I really loved it. I think it was a, they had a good balance of wides okay. and close-ups. Yeah. Extreme close-ups. And whole scenes will... Dialogue scenes will play out in Brad Pitt's face. Right. And, uh, well, you know, look, put it this way, someone who can uh, can yeah. maintain a close-up for a long time. Yeah. Do you, yeah. But do you think that that's got something to do with just the, this day and age where, you know, sure, this film is going to get released in cinema, but also there's going to be kids watching it on their phones and, uh, and whatnot, and that good, sort of, you know, influences a little bit on how, how we shoot yeah. it these days? Or that, how could have a, yeah. that could have a... That could play a part in decision making, but I just don't think it did. I oh. think they, based on his previous cinematography and the okay. director's previous work, I just think that's the style that they like. Interesting um, side note to what, touching on what you just said, Linda, mm. is that I've noticed in my experience working with uh, directors and producers as clients, their opinion can change on your shot depending on the size of the monitor they're watching it on. Yes. If they're over your shoulder looking at a four inch little focus camera top monitor, yeah. <coughs> they they um they want to get in closer. Yeah they, it's so small to them right. so it make it bigger yeah. and then by the time you you know and it's yeah. not necessarily right and then you can have a 32 inch blind monitor on screen and you can on, on screen on set yeah. and you can frame a lot wider mm. because they're seeing the person's face a lot bigger. But that's not just clients, that's us as well. I've mm. got a little, if, I've got a, if I'm looking at a three inch monitor on, on, the, on the camera or a seven inch monitor, mm. I think that's gonna, play, that's gonna play a part. And I've been, there's been times where I'm like, I've gotta, I've gotta put the seven inch on here because mm. I'm gonna feel something different when, you I'm, do, when you I'm capturing do, yeah. it. And, and also through the eyepiece, that, totally that, different and that's, a, and that's another thing, yeah. You, yeah, I really like looking through the eyepiece. I feel like that's a real no. You've got no distractions, and you're really in there, and yeah. it could feel like a big screen in front of you. Or, yeah, you know. I used to love the viewfinder. I really liked, and then I've gone through a phase where I just really prefer monitors. Yeah. When when the Z Finder came out for the back of the 5D, yeah. that was that was life changing because I was working on cameras like my camera before that was the HVX 200, which is, the viewfinder is just. I mean, honestly, they're pretty rubbish back then for mm. a camera that. It's not, not a high-end camera, yeah. and looking through the viewfinder was just not a real good experience. Ch yeah. Chucking the loop on the back of the 5D, yeah. oh man, that was like, now yeah, I'm looking at a big screen. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and you know what? It did make me frame things a little differently. Yeah, yeah. And then I've gone through a phase for the last few years using 7-inch monitors and preferring that. Yeah. Um, I also got the Gradical Eye, which I thought was a... Great. I, I was using the Sony viewfinder for the F55 a bit, then I got onto the Gradical Eye, much preferred, much, better, yeah. much preferred, and I could look around in there and I could see the image for what it was. What about you, viewfinder or monitor? Um, I monitor for me all the way, that's definitely, I just find it a bit more convenient on, on where I can place 
where I can see things. I think I think that's really what it comes <coughs> down to for me. Stephen, sorry, continue. Whereas I find with an eyepiece, I, I see, I know what you guys are talking about, and, and so yeah, I'm definitely a monitor person. Um, if, yeah. if, if it can be helped. Stephen Soderbergh, who shoots his own films as well, says he likes monitors because. Especially if he's moving or doing a walking shot, because he's got a he's got context of his surroundings. Yes. Mm. Yes. And he finds it. That's it. Yeah. He, he finds it easy. He finds it easier to react to things because he can see what's happening out of the frame yeah. without taking his eye away from the image. He, yeah. He, he's peripheral. Yeah. He uses his peripheral to make framing decisions. Some may argue that they use their right eye to look into the viewfinder and their left eye is open to, to yeah, see their surrounds yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, little fun fact about fun fact about me is that my left eye is actually a, the dominant eye um, and every time I go to look at the viewfinder I'm, my face is facing <coughs> inwards into the camera mm -hmm. which is very frustrating for me. It's probably why I'm more of a monitor shooter than, a, than yeah. an IP shooter. So, okay, the other interesting thing, there's a few things now to come out still before the end of the year. We're at the end of the year, but there's some great looking stuff coming out. Now, the Joel Edgerton film, The King, for Netflix. Yep. Uh, Adam Arkapoor. Yep. Shot. Looks, looks nice. Looks, looks good. Looks good. Huge I'm, fan of his stuff. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not generally a fan of that era type either, stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm not into the Game of Thrones, and I've tried twice with Game of Thrones. I, I just I couldn't get into it. Yep. Um, and I'm just generally not appealed. I, I don't... I don't find those type of things appealing, but this looks great. It does. Yeah. The trailer looks good. I, I love. I love um, the. Uh, I love all the actors in it, and it, it looks good. Yeah, I, I think. And Adam Arkapor, uh, who I, just blew me away with True, True Detective season one. Oh, yeah. I think he redefined like uh, just what what you could do with you know a, a, a series that it just. It, I'm still, it's just such an inspiration, that, yeah. that work for me. The other thing that's uh, coming out that is another large format release is The Mandalorian, Fred oh, Fraser, yes, yes, yes. DP, and, yeah. and the footage from that that I've seen, from it just has blown me away. Mm. Um, it looks, uh, really, it's, it's, got the, it's got a Rogue One um, vibe to it. Which same, is, which is same nice, DP. You know? I love that cinematography, so it looks really good. I'm very excited. I believe that's on the LF, the shot on the yeah, LF. I think so, yeah. But I don't know if it's um, spherical or... I'd say it's spherical. But Probably spherical, um, but I mean... What he shot Rogue One on, I believe, spherical? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't know, I don't want to be... Yeah, but Greg, like, if you didn't, just get in touch work. and we'll... Uh, Think, I mean, I love Dan Mendel. That's another thing I'm looking forward oh, yeah, to. Yeah. Coming back to Star Wars, I really quite liked what he did on um, mm -hmm. on uh, Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah. Thought that looked great, and I really, I really find his work just great. I, I love his uh, Tony Scott work and, yeah, yeah. and stuff. Very, very much a signature sort yeah. of look that he, he has. Always shoots anamorphic. Yeah. That's his number one thing. thing. He mm -hmm. always shoots anamorphic. He, yeah. That's because we saw a talk with him a couple of years ago. Yes, we talked about it and said that's like that's his only not his only demand, but that's a very important thing to him. Is anamorphic. I just loved his whole. Um, I love his back catalogue. I find it very inspirational, and I love that talk with him too because it was it, watching these guys and you see their their work and it influences you your whole career. And then you have a look. Uh, you go to, go along to one of these talks and you just learn so much just by listening to them. Um, so. Yeah, two, two, the two Star Wars releases that are coming out before the end of the year are two of my favourite TV 
GPs have shot. Mm. And I just, yeah, I'm very excited about the, the films and yeah. the show, but also just the, the look and where they're going with it. Mm. So what, what were you looking forward to? Would you talk about 1917? What's coming out that you're For me, 1917 is a big one. Yeah. I'm really looking, I mean, apart from Star Wars, that's, mm -hmm. that's massive for me. I'm a big Star Wars fan myself. Um, but 19 The Irishman? The Irishman, yep. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that, especially given... Um, I'm really looking forward to that, especially given how many, what great reviews it's getting. It's getting yeah. amazing reviews. Al Pacino is one of my favourite actors, so mm -hmm. it's really, I'm really looking forward to him, seeing him in a great, in a great, um, in a great role again. And uh, um, the only thing I'm concerned about that film is the de-aging. That type of stuff really bothers me. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think it's, I think it's out just about in cinemas almost imminently, as we record this. I think the 7th of November. November. Very soon. <laughs> Anything upcoming uh, releases that have got you excited? Um, what's exciting for me, not, not a cinema release as such, but more of a Netflix release, um, El Camino, um, the Breaking Bad movie. You know, it's out already. It is out yeah. already. I'm holding out in the sense that it's not a... I kind of want to watch it in one sitting, and I'm yeah. waiting... <laughs> waiting for myself to have some time to sit and watch it in one go, so... I was a big Bacon Bad fan. I came to it quite late in the series and it ended up being like the best TV show I've ever seen. Mm. Um, I started watching El Camino the other night and, and it seemed good, but I'm like, I've forgotten who these people are. Right. I, my, investment <laughs> these my investment for these characters, even if I have a recap, not, not really, for, like I know the story, but my investment in them is... It's faded. It's faded. Yeah. So it's a bit different when I like I, tr I started watching um, Better Call Saul and that was that was great and, and it's it's building up from scratch and you, you, it's kind of asking you to reinvest again with mm. new characters right, or right. characters as you didn't know them. So that's fine. But this one movie, I'm like, I feel like I have to go watch Breaking Bad all over again right. to to really be invested because it's it's a direct like it's like an episode after the yeah. end of Breaking Bad. <laughs> it feels like you know. Right. But um. Yeah, it's. I'm, I'm, I will watch it. Yeah. But I'm. I'm well, gonna get through. I'm gonna get well, through all of Breaking Bad before I watch it. Right. You right. have to watch well, that show. It's like phenomenal. I, the, the trailer for me just looks amazing, and I'm, yeah. I'm quite excited about it. So I'm, yeah, it's one of those things where I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna have to yeah. like really have be mentally and fully sort of um, there. Just I guess right. just. Um, yeah. You in know, the headspace of the in, series. In the headspace of the series, yeah. in the headspace of the characters and yeah. stuff. Also, it just, I'm just so excited about it. Um, and I don't want to be distracted, I guess, sure. with other things that's happening in my life. So, yeah. so it's been, been a big landmark year for films and for production stuff. Plenty of stuff to look forward to. We'll leave it there. And uh, before we go, social media contacts. Uh, Simon. Uh, SimonColloden.com. That'll be in the show notes. Okay. And, and you can find me on Instagram. It's uh, at Linda Orm. And I am at Mick Jones on Instagram. Thanks for joining us. And we're going to bring you the next few episodes from the USA where we're going to interview some filmmakers in Hollywood, some music musicians in Los Angeles. We're going to Chicago and possibly uh, Portland as well. So Bye. stay tuned for that. And thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Park Lane is produced by Filthy Look Films. You can find us on Instagram at Filthy Look Films.